Welcome back, everybody. It is your boys, Brennan and Brock, back with another episode, you know, getting ready for week 11. I think it's our 21st episode. Pretty big deal for us, but um, I think we're going to start things off by, you know, talking about our initial reaction to these college football playoff rankings. I want to hear your thoughts. Fantastic. Fantastic. I think for the most part, I think the big questions... Last week was was Georgia being behind Tennessee. That obviously solved itself out. You know, Georgia beat them. Yep. And I think another one of the big questions was Alabama over over TCU. Yeah. And you know they obviously lost. So I think we're chilling. You know, I think I think the only main argument this week has to be you know USC obviously being so high, especially over a team like UCLA. But mm-hmm. other than that, I think I think for the most part, at least the top ten wise, I think we're pretty good. You're pretty satisfied with the top ten? Yeah, for the most part. So why do you think they got USC at eight? You know? Well, I think it comes down to the kind of selection of how they do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they only look at like four or five teams at once. Yeah. And there's a good chance that when they were discussing USC, you know, UCLA wasn't in that portion. So uh-huh. and I think that's just kind of, you know, shows a flawed system yeah. and how they do it. I think they they need to look at it you know, a different way and, and make it more accurate. But yeah. then again, like when it comes down to it, when it's really going to matter on that December day, I just, I, I don't think it'll be a problem. Yeah. You know, I think the top four or even the top six will be fairly obvious. So they'll be able to kind of. Yeah. Do you think know. people are kind of overreacting when they see stuff like this? You don't, you don't think it really correlate to what goes down at the end of the season? I think people just like seeing high numbers by their team's name. Yeah, you that's know, true. That's just I feel kind of the same it. way. So yeah, but I'm, I'm like I'm one of those people. You know, yeah, I am people. I I like to see you a high are... number by my team's name. Exactly. So I know the fact that I get excited every Tuesday night for a number that's going to go next to my team's name is bizarre. Crazy. It's crazy. Absolutely. Wild. I feed into it every week, and I'm I'm sitting there, you know, five minutes before the show, ready to go, popcorn ready. For not even like it's not even a football game, it's a show where they just put a number by the by the team's name. Literally, there's no award for it. There's no <laughs> no banner being hung. There's no trophy. There's nothing. It's just a number. Yeah, and nothing excites me more. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. So, what do you think? You know, who's gonna be at the the final four? Like, what are your predictions? Well, I think big games. That need to be played are, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I think TCU and Texas is a big game this weekend. Yeah. That needs to be played. Obviously, I think, you know, USC, UCLA, and Oregon and Utah are big games that need to be played. Uh-huh. And I think Alabama Ole Miss is another big game that needs to be played. Yeah. But if I had to throw my top four out right now, I'm going, you know, I'm going Georgia. I don't think they lose the rest of the way. I think Alabama losing was, was a big help to Georgia. Really? Because I think Nick Saban in championship games is just a different monster. You're talking about SEC championship. SEC championship-wise. Okay. So I like Georgia to win out the rest of the way. Oregon and oh, – wow, Oregon. Ohio State and Michigan is a difficult one for me. Yeah. Um, Because I just think C.J. Stroud in that offense is too good to not win at home against Michigan. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go Ohio State 13-0. and Yeah. I think that's kind of been my mindset – for most of the season, and mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it yeah, that way. Yeah, stick with it. Continue. Number three, I'm going to go with the Eugene Ducks of Oregon. Whoa. I think 
they win out and win the Pac-12 and finish at number three. The fact that they're already at six. Great positioning. Yeah, great positioning to be able to, you know, make that jump to three. And if you look at who they have left on the schedule, they have, you know, 25 Washington, um, 13 Utah, an unranked Oregon State but who has been in the rankings. And then they're going to have a potential, you know, say eight USC, 12 UCLA, or 13 Utah. So I mean, yeah, the schedule's game. definitely there, but you you think they'll run? You think they'll run the table with that? I think that they. Schedule? I think they could. You know, I don't. I don't think there's a team playing better football right now than than Oregon. Um, yeah, they they could, but you know, anyone could. But do you think they will? I think they will. I, I truly do. Okay. You know, I think with you know Washington and Utah being at home, and then you know Oregon State on the road. I think that's a favorable. It's a it's a tough three games. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think it's the most favorable three games or how am I trying to say it? I'm trying to say it as those three games are favorable in how they are positioned with how tough they're going to be. So if the, that tough, makes sense. the tougher games being at home, basically. Yeah, exactly. So the tougher games being in Eugene. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. And I then, that. you know, championship Sunday or I guess it's a championship Friday. Yeah. You know, they just got to show up for one game and mm-hmm. win it and they will be because they want to win the conference with, you know, everything that's going to be at stake. Yeah. hundred so. percent. And then the fourth spot. Tennessee. Tennessee. I just don't see a way that they, they don't get in. You, so they'll run the table. You got them running the table. And then, you know, that'll kind of make things interesting for the committee, you know. Do you let in that second Big Ten team or do you let in that second SEC team? Kind of similar situations, one being excluded from their conference championship. For me, the conversation is going to be between Michigan and Tennessee. I think TCU loses a couple games, which is why I don't have them in at all. Um, but I think that's where the conversation is going to be. I think for LSU, two losses, you know, they're going to lose in the SEC championship game potentially that takes them out. And then, you know, one of USC, UCLA or Utah is going to lose in the PAC 12 championship game in my prediction, um, for Oregon. So that takes, you know, one, if not all three of those teams out and then Clemson, uh, even if they win the ACC, I just don't see them getting it. hundred percent above, you know, Tennessee who has the resume, Michigan, you know, you know, kind of iffy on that, but I think Michigan's resume is probably better than Clemson's as well. So you're thinking like top six is probably Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Tennessee, Michigan, and then maybe a Clemson at six. Clemson at six. Probably yeah. just because, you know, they, they most likely run the table. 12-1 conference champion. And okay. I could maybe even see, you know, Bama getting in at six. Yeah. Just because their name is Alabama. Yeah. That's you know, true. for that's no fair. other reason. That's just fair. just because their name's Alabama. Yeah, that's fair. But and you know, if Alabama does run the table, they'll have wins over over Ole Miss and or yeah, I think they just got Ole Miss. Yeah. The rest of the way. And Texas, I guess. And Texas. So which, which is a good win. And I think there's a there's a real possibility where Texas finishes um ten and three, big twelve champion. So beating TCU twice. Twice. Wow. Which is so hard to do. And very if they do it, I will be very impressed. Yeah. So I agree. 100%. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I feel like, you know, we went back and looked at the history of, you know, the selection and the committee and stuff like that. And there's only been one time that a one loss conference champion has been excluded. That being Ohio State. You know, I feel like we could see potentially two one loss conference champions being excluded this year. You know, say TCU goes and loses to Texas this week, ends up winning the Big 12. 
I still feel like Tennessee would get in ahead of them. And then same thing with Clemson, you know. They run the table. They're 12-1 and conference champions, you know. Do we put Tennessee at four ahead of those two? Or, you know, it, it, would, it could really cause some headaches for the committee. Yeah, and I think for Tennessee, now that they've lost to Georgia, I think the thing that they want most is they want Alabama to win out and do it in style. They want LSU to win out and hopefully win the conference championship game. Yeah. Um, but even if they lose, I think— Is, it, is this the committee? This is, is, this this is Tennessee. Com- this oh, is what Tennessee, Tennessee okay, wants. Yeah. yeah, they want Alabama to win out. They want LSU to win out. And if LSU happens to lose to Georgia, that's not a killer, but you know it definitely hurts a little bit. And then they want to win out in as impressive style as they possibly can. So they want Absolutely. to they want to blow teams out. Yeah, and just do it as you know, as stylish as possible. Stylish is what yeah. I would say. Yeah, I like that. You think LSU beating Georgia will benefit Tennessee? I don't think it will. Actually, actually, now you're right. It won't. Because I feel like Cause then, you know they want Georgia to just win out. Yeah, their one loss being to the number one team in the country. So yeah, they want Georgia to win out. Yeah, LSU to win out until that game, and then Alabama to win out. As yeah, well because then we'll probably get if Bama wins this week against Ole Miss, then we'll have Ole Miss at two loss, Bama at two loss, LSU at two loss. LSU is the tiebreaker over those two. And then LSU goes SEC championship, and they play Georgia. But what if they beat Georgia? You know, does LSU get a spot? I don't think so. Um, I think for them to have the argument, I think they're going to need Florida State to win out, and they obviously can't win the ACC, which hurts them. I think. Yeah. And then they're going to want um, Tennessee to win out, and have a chance at you know getting into the playoff but even then i just think i think tennessee's a fringe team right now for the playoff and i think that's what hurts lsu yeah is i think if tennessee would have beaten georgia i think lsu could have had a better better argument yeah but i mean they're gonna get georgia later i mean if things if things work out the way that they should because i think lsu is basically a lock for the sec championship unless they lose both games right Yes. Uh, I think to like my counter to that point is it seems like the committee is looking at losses more harshly than wins. Yeah. Because um, the know, two I, losses never made it. Yeah. And I think I think great examples of that are teams like um, Utah and even kind of Ole Miss and Clemson. You know, those losses, I think, have affected them. And that's why they're they're further down in the rankings because if you yeah. look at Ole Miss, Ole Miss only has one loss and it's to the seventh best team in the nation. And there's two loss Alabama that's ahead of them. And Strength one loss one loss USC that's ahead of them too. Or maybe they're looking at quality wins, you know? Because, I mean, Ole Miss, their best win being, what, is Kentucky, Texas A&M on the road, Auburn at home. I mean, compared to Alabama, who's beaten, you know, Texas on the road, Arkansas, Mississippi State, who, I mean – aren't the greatest teams, but, you know, definitely better than, than what Ole Miss has as far as quality wins. Yeah, and it, it seems like, you know, we pulled up strength of record too, and it seems like the top 10 teams are the teams that are top 10 in strength of record. Yeah. So I think that's another thing that is really big for them. But yeah. I think if I had to pick three things that are the biggest for them, it would be, you know, strength of record, losses, and who they're to, and then quality wins in yeah. my opinion. I kind of want you to break down – 
you know, the definition of strength of record for any listeners who might not know what that means? Yeah. So, you know, from what I've understood and what I've been explained, strength of record is kind of your kind of performances against your um, schedule and how it kind of reflects to your record. Okay. So it's like, basically it's all analytical in my, in, for my understanding. And it's kind of what you're expected to do with your schedule and what you have done with your schedule. Okay. So it's like, you know, for example, Tennessee, they got, you know, Alabama, Kentucky, you know, Florida, Georgia, all on that schedule. Mm -hmm. They probably weren't picked to be eight and one right now. They're probably predicted to be maybe like seven and two. Okay. Um, So they've overperformed that strength of record. So is that why Tennessee, their strength of record is two in the country? Okay. Because they've they've performed well against their schedule, and you know it reflects in their record. Okay. If I understand it fully, correct. Gotcha. So Michigan at they're ranked third in the country. Strength of record is fifth. Does that mean they've underperformed based on of based on their schedule? Um, yes, probably in the ways of how they've beaten certain teams. Exactly. Okay, that makes so sense. Like, so like yeah, they're nine and zero. Yeah, which is you know the best that they could be. But I think maybe they're not blowing teams out and using that, you know, kind of the style points. Yeah, that, that would make would sense. Say. And maybe like, you know, I know we've talked about how, you know, Indiana, they were tied at halftime, you know, records they were losing at halftime. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, they need to overperform and or not overperform, just better perform and, yeah. you know, not be losing or tied to those teams at halftime. Yeah, 100%. And same thing with Ohio State, you know, they probably should have beat Northwestern by more than two touchdowns yeah so i mean something to think about as well but yeah that's that's all pretty interesting i'm, I'm excited for uh you know these next coming weeks i know that next week's gonna be a big one for the pac-12 um obviously we got the big 10 matchup to conclude the year in rivalry week so i mean a lot to play out before we can make you know any crazy speculations about the playoffs all right, we got a couple games picked out that you guys should be looking out for this weekend. First one, obviously, college game day, going to TCU at Texas, which is actually a pretty interesting one because, you know, TCU being fourth in the country, starting off 9-0, and Texas being 6-3, and 18th in the college football playoff rankings. Texas is a seven-point favorite against the Horned Frogs, who, I mean, haven't lost a game all year. What, why do you think that is? I think it's uh, Vegas kind of understands how difficult it is to win on the road. Okay. And I think that, you know, the numbers probably back that up too. So okay. I think I think Vegas thinks that TCU is going to have, you know, a struggle this weekend on really? the road in Austin. Do you think that is just based off of how they performed in previous games? You know, I know that they've gotten a lot of heat for, you know, winning those games not in like crazy fashion but mostly comeback wins do you think that plays a factor into why they're not the favorite in this game yeah i think you know it's a it's a combination of many things i think tcu you know i i think even you know kind of the committee was talking about it yeah they they haven't really looked impressive throughout the whole 60 minutes Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like they've had to come back and win games i don't agree with that i don't like that you know, teams may come back and win, but you still got to give them credit for the win. You yeah, know, to, yeah. To to bash on a team that wasn't winning the entire game and to have that impact, you know, where they land at the end of the season, I don't like that. Yeah. Personally. 
I'm not like necessarily a fan of it either. I just think that teams, you know, you shouldn't need a drastic comeback, I think. And like, I'm not saying TCU's had drastic comebacks to win. Um, I just think that you should be, you know, either tied or close for most of the game and yeah. then being able to finish it out. Okay. Kind of what TCU's been able to do. They yeah. haven't necessarily been, I don't think they've been, you know, been blown out in like for majority of the game and then mm -hmm. had to make this crazy comeback. Yeah. I think they've kind of just been down by like seven or 10 points. Yeah. And then made that comeback. Which I don't so. think is fair. Personally, I, I hate that. Yeah. I, I hate that the committee's judging them based off that. Yeah. I, I don't like that the committee's judging them about that either. You know, and I think, yeah. I think it's good that they got their respect this week and mm -hmm. are in that top four because now they can't take you out of the top four if you control your business. Yeah. So, you know. That's fair. Just don't give them a reason to drop you from the top four, because if you keep winning every week, they can't drop you from the top four. Yeah, like they have no reason to. Yeah. So now that they're there, they just got to do everything in their power to stay there. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I mean, if TCU, they run the table, they're a hundred percent in. But um, I know that we were talking about them earlier. You said you had Texas winning back to back against these guys. Why is that? I think that Texas. And, you know, I've kind of said it all year. Their losses have just been weird to me. Yeah. It's been like, you know, obviously the Alabama game, Quinn Ewers goes out, changes the whole complexion of that Texas offense. They lose by one. Texas Tech, Quinn Ewers doesn't play at all. It's a road game. You could argue it's technically a rivalry, Texas Tech and Texas. And, you know, they struggle kind of down the stretch and lose a close one. And then for Oklahoma State, Quinn Ewers probably plays the worst game he's played as as a college athlete yeah you know throws three costly turnovers and they lose you know in overtime by yeah. seven right i feel like that's their only true loss is oklahoma is, state is oklahoma state i could agree with that and that's why i think i'm so not like high on texas but i'm a believer of you know what they're kind of trying to do mm -hmm. and with tcu having to travel on the road i think this makes this a tough game for him even knowing you know it's still within state. I think Texas at home has been really good. And, you know, if you think they're, besides the Alabama loss, you know, the other two losses have come on the road. Yeah. So that's why I like Texas at home this weekend. And I just think, I think they're a different monster at home. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in regards to, to the Big 12 championship game, I think, you know, TCU is going to want to come in, assuming both these teams get there. I think TCU is going to want to come in, you know, with a lot of energy to try to you know, one, win the conference, and two, you know, overturn that that loss from earlier in the season. But I also think Texas is going to, you know, want to make a statement that they've been trying their hardest to to get back to the highest level. And so I think they'll be ready to play that championship game too. Yeah, and them being, you know, back in the rankings, 18th in the country, you know, big deal. They're definitely getting, you know, recognition. But we haven't even talked about how this is probably, you know, the two best Big 12 quarterbacks between uh, Max Duggan and uh, Quinn Ewers. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think Max Duggan has definitely surprised a ton of people, you know, throughout throughout the season. And I think Quinn Ewers gets better or for the most part has gotten better week to week. Yeah. So, you know, this this has the potential to be a really good quarterback battle. Yeah. As well as, you know, an overall great football game. I and I think I think another thing that's interesting about this football game is the running back battle too between Bijan and um, Miller, right? Yeah. So that will be interesting to kind of see how that pans out. And I think, you know, whoever wins the running game is going to have a huge impact on who wins the game. Yeah, and I think if Texas, their defense, 
can perform like they did against Alabama at home, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I think they only held them to, what, 20 points or something like that. Then, you know, that'll be the key to success, slowing down this TCU offense that has been, you know, performing well all year. And, uh, you know, TCU's defense, they've been somewhat questionable. You know, there's been teams that have put up pretty good number on them. So something to look out for. But I, I agree. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna take Texas as well. We've been high on them all season. We were literally giving them, you know, playoff comeback praise a couple weeks ago before they lost to Oak State. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a believer in Texas as well. And I could really see them, you know, getting this done uh, against TCU this weekend, kind of crushing – their dreams and and probably eliminating the Big Twelve from from playoff contention essentially. Definitely, yeah, it sucks. So uh, next one is going to be you know nine Bama going to uh, number eleven Ole Miss. Bama obviously, you know they've been criticized by the country. Everyone's saying that they're underperforming. I mean I think we both can agree that they're not playing up to that Crimson Tide standard. But um, you know Ole Miss would be a good bounce back win for them if they if they could get it done it'd be, it'd be a huge test yeah and it's interesting because <clears throat> something i kind of didn't really think about that was being talked about with alabama was um skill positions kind of lacking players and kind of what i mean i'm not talking about quarterback or running back i'm talking about wide receiver wide receivers. it seems like wide receiver hasn't been as prolific as it has been in the past you know you think kind of you know, back to those great Alabama teams the past couple of years, you know, you think of what they've had at wide receiver. Yeah. And it's been an embarrassment of riches. So it kind of just doesn't seem like they have that true number one wide receiver who's, you know, dominating for them. Yeah. Um, which is something that was interesting to me. And then another kind of position, you know, skill position that they kind of lacked at is, you know, corner as well. They kind of really haven't had that dominant, true, you know, CB1. Yeah. So I think that that's an interesting kind of um, topic to bring up when it comes to Alabama. Yeah, I saw some takes on Twitter saying that, you know, Alabama has the best quarterback they've ever had, which, I mean, is questionable. They've had a lot of quarterbacks come through this program, but also the worst wide receiving and tight end, you know, group that they've ever had. So, I mean, it's interesting to think about that and – you know, I feel like receivers don't get as much credit as they deserve. You know, it's, I feel like the headline's always the quarterback, and then the receivers are kind of just there. Yeah, and I actually don't hate that take either. I th- I do think, you know, Bryce Young is probably the best quarterback to come through the program wow. in, in a while. You know, Tua was great at Alabama, and, and, you know, Mac, you know, did his job as well. But when I think of, like, dynamic, you know, able to create something out of nothing quarterbacks, you know, Bryce Young is absolutely that for me. So I, I actually like him, don't hate that yeah. take. Yeah, I feel like him and Tua, pretty similar. You know, not not the biggest guys, but great arm and, you know, they're quick as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's interesting to kind of see, you know, how Bryce Young, it seems like he's had to take on a lot more of the load kind of of this offense and kind of, you know, do everything in his power to keep them in games. And... You know, that's been kind of interesting to see because usually it's been so effortless for Alabama. Yeah. It's kind of been like, you know, quarterback does his thing. You know, offensive line does their thing. Wide receivers do their thing. And it just kind of all works. But it seems like more pressure has been put on Bryce Young. And I think another thing that isn't talked about, too, is that shoulder. You know, is that mm-hmm. shoulder still kind of affecting him, you know, from, you know, Arkansas, you know, a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, people, people just expect, you know, him to come back and be back at 100%. People don't 
take into consideration that, you know, coming back from injury, you might not be at 100%. You might be at 90%, which is, which could really affect things. Yeah. And I think it's, it's definitely something, something to, to keep in the discussion when, when you're talking about Alabama. Yeah. Is, you know, maybe Bryce isn't 100%. And these aren't excuses. You know, Nick Saban won't take them as excuses either. It's just, it's the truth and it's the reality kind of of the situation. But, you know, kind of, a little bit talking about Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss has a right to feel disrespected. Yeah. Kind of, you know, what, 8-1, and one, sitting at 11? I think it's because they don't really necessarily have that marquee win. Their best win being, you know, Kentucky, who was top 10 at the time, has kind of been exposed since then. But other than that, you know, their other wins being, what, maybe Auburn and then Texas A&M on the road, who both aren't looking great as well. But, you know, still fighting for that, you know, potential SEC championship game, depending on, you know, how things go with LSU. If you put Ole Miss <coughs> and Clemson on the same – on a neutral site field tomorrow, who do you think wins between Clemson and Ole Miss? Ole Miss by multiple scores. See, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So, it's so yeah, I, I do agree. I think that – they are being disrespected by, but not by too much. Yeah, you know, oh, I feel yeah. like I'd have them in the top ten, but I don't know. I don't know if I have them jumping Bama, honestly. Yeah, and I, I could agree with that too. I, I just think maybe maybe moving them up, you know, a spot. Yeah, it would be more acceptable for Ole Miss. I know. I know you talked about this earlier. The committee doesn't feel comfortable, you know, dropping teams. Yeah, I. Like we I haven't seen a punishment agree. for. I mean, this kind of off topic, but USC, you know, hasn't really done anything impressive recently and they've just been going up you know beating teams like cal by six points they they just don't seem to you know penalize teams like that they don't feel comfortable dropping them yeah and i think that's you know really disappointing for teams like ole miss and you know maybe even ucla as well and and maybe even utah too because you know maybe they are you know performing better than some of these teams ahead of them but you know the committee just doesn't feel until those teams lose they don't feel like dropping them so it's yeah. an interesting debate to definitely have. Yeah, for sure. What, what was Bama ranked when they lost to Tennessee? Were they one or two? I think they were one. They were one? I think it was one in, one in six, I yeah. want to say. That's what's crazy or to no, me. No, they were three, yeah. actually. I think they were three. They were three. I think it was three and six. So they dropped six spots after losing two of the last three. Like, what other team in the country loses two games in three weeks and only drops six spots. Uh, no other team. No other team. No other team in the country. I feel like maybe Georgia. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Maybe Georgia, but but I mean, I feel like most teams, you lose one game, you will drop six spots off one loss. I mean, they lost twice, only dropped six spots. So I mean, something to think about. It's really interesting, you know, kind of back to our theory on you know the committee struggles to drop teams, maybe with that brand name. I mean, USC being one of them as well. Yeah, and I. I think it also has to go with, you know, quality of opposition as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, what what team in the country is going to play, you know, number six, Tennessee, and then a couple weeks later play, you know, number 10, LSU. Yeah, that's So fair. it's like, I think quality of opposition also, you know, matters in that conversation too. But, you know, I think kind of heading back to, to, to Alabama and Ole Miss this weekend, um, Alabama struggled on the road. It's been something I've I've never seen with this team this week or this year. Is yeah. They've struggled on the road. You know, Texas comes out as an example, and then obviously their two losses to Tennessee and LSU on the road. Ole Miss on the road this weekend, 
you know, do we see a similar trend to something like that? Vegas doesn't see it. Vegas does not at all. <laughs> but I think Vegas sees Alabama and they just start, you know, they play that, you know, the the black and red machine. I can't think of it off the top of my head. The the gambling machine. Oh, the roulette? Where you, the roulette, yeah. yep. They play roulette and wherever that ball drops into one of those numbers is what the line is for Alabama this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the, the ball fair. dropped on 13. So it's that's 12. why. Yeah, it's 12. So that's better. why, you know, 12 and a half is what they went for. I mean, that's bizarre. I mean, a team has lost two of the last three. You got them as a 12-point favorite on the road to 11th-ranked Ole Miss. I mean, I feel like people struggle to bet against Alabama. You know, it's just it's hard for me to pick against Alabama because, you know, it's Alabama. You know, I, I feel like it's just a psychological thing. And if you pick Alabama most weeks, you know, you're going you're gonna to be pretty well off. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't hate that either. Okay. But um, I guess when it comes down for my prediction – I just can't remember the last time. I think we talked about this earlier, you know, in one of our episodes. When was the last time Alabama lost back-to-back games? Back-to-back, yeah. It just doesn't happen. So, you know, with that, I am going to go with, you know, Bryce Young and Nick Saban to to bounce back this week against um, an Ole Miss team that maybe isn't as tested as a team like Alabama is, you know, with only them playing Kentucky and LSU as their two toughest games. Yeah. So, you know, I got Alabama winning, and it's interesting to kind of see what kind of team comes out this week because at this point, they're really not playing for much anymore. They're just yeah. playing for a potential New Year's Six. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to kind of see, you know, how they look this weekend. Yeah, I just don't like the way the Ole Miss looked against LSU. And I think, you know, I think Alabama is the better team. You know, they are on the road, so that make, makes things a little more difficult. But I like Alabama as well. You know, maybe they're tanking though. You know, maybe Alabama's tanking for the draft. Yeah, tanking for uh, Wembenyama. Yeah, for Wem- yeah. for Victor, dude. <laughs> Victor so. Wembenyama, but no, um, I like I like Alabama getting it done. You know, a little comeback victory for them, and and you know, they're not really they're kind of in contention for you know their division, but I think LSU has to lose both their games in order for them to make the SEC championship. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> praying on LSU's downfall, but I don't I don't see it happening. Okay, the last game gonna be Pac-12. We got number twenty-five. You know, recently joining the rankings, Washington Huskies going at number six, Oregon. These guys don't like each other. I know that this is. I know it's not rivalry week, but these these fan bases are not fans of each other, and I know that this will be a very physical game in Eugene I'm looking forward to it out of the Pac-12 no yeah this is uh this has been kind of this has been one of the marquee games of the Pac-12 kind of era yeah you know it's because Washington has usually been you know a top you know 25 team and Oregon's also been you know usually a top 25 team so this has been you know a game that's been circled on a lot of people's calendars when it comes to you know these two teams and it's interesting because I think that if there's a team that is put together to to cause Oregon, you know, problems, I think it is Washington. Why you know? is that? I, I think it comes down to, you know, Oregon just not being able to defend the pass at a super high level. Okay. You know, because I think, I think, you know, obviously Michael Penix throws the ball at a high level, most passing yards in the nation. Mm-hmm. So they're going to want to throw the ball. And they're going to want to throw the ball often. I just don't know how... Oregon's defensive backs are going to be able to, you know, play against Keep up with that. receivers, you know, play after play. Yeah, 100%. And, the, I mean, Washington, 
besides their loss to Arizona State, you know, we're looking at them as probably a top 15 team if they were able to get that done against against the Sun Devils. Yeah, and this would be a crazy, crazy matchup. This be, yeah, this would be insane. I mean, that would that would really shake things up in the Pac-12. It would be five teams within the top 15. Yeah, and they would all have, you know, only one loss in the Pac-12, besides Oregon, obviously. Yeah. So it would be, yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of see how it would, you know, turn out. Yeah, and crazy fact about this, I was looking into, you know, the history of this matchup because, I mean, it basically is a rivalry. But the last time that the Huskies won in Eugene was 2016, and they won 70-21. to 21. That was back when Browning was the quarterback. And um, Oregon quarterback, he's at the Chargers now. It's uh, Herbert. Herbert, yeah, that's yep. right. I don't, I don't know why I forgot that. But, yeah, Herbert was the quarterback during that time. So, I mean, Washington – they have gotten it done in Eugene in the past, but Oregon has won the last three matchups. But, um, yeah, I, I really like this game. These, I think it's going to be very physical, and, yeah, they just hate each other. Well, it's interesting, too, because Washington's coming off of the Friday night game against Oregon State, and they were so poor for majority of that game. Yeah. Like, they really did not play great. You uh-huh. know, Penix threw one of the worst, you know, pick sixes i've seen in a while uh-huh. right just straight at the linebacker he took it you know to the house so i think he's gonna want to play better and i think he's gonna learn to understand what this rivalry means yeah. to you know the huskies um and it's gonna be interesting to kind of see what kind of team washington throws out there because i think if they put out a team that has played you know close games like the ucla game you know comes to mind i know they lost that game but you know they were they were causing problems for for a good UCLA team even though they came out short and then i know Michigan State isn't the team that we thought they were but even that Michigan State game you know they looked almost unstoppable yeah. you know throughout the majority of that game so if they get if they get a game like one of those two i think they'll be able to you know cause Oregon some problems and you know we're really going to see what Bo Nix is made of this week yeah we hope um i kind of checked the weather as well because I mean, if if it's raining in Otson, I know that they claim that there's never, it never rains at Otson, but you know that could, that could really negatively affect Washington. Who I mean, most of their efficiency is is through the pass game, so you know something to keep an eye out for. If there's if there's some rain, that then that could really uh you know cause some problems for Washington. Yeah, and I'm also interested to see what they do to contain Bo Nix because I think he leads. I know he definitely needs the Pac-12 in total touchdowns, and it's not because he's throwing five or six touchdowns a game. Yeah. It's because he's running for yeah. like three or four a game. So it's going to be really interesting to kind of see what they do to kind of keep him in the pocket and not let him run. Yeah. And I think if they can you know, keep him in the pocket and make him throw, I think it will benefit Washington throughout the game. Yeah. Um, kind of with that being said, I do like Oregon, though, this weekend. There's just something about Planet Autzen, Yeah. You know? We saw it earlier this year, you know, because when they had that, it was a it was a big game against BYU, both ranked at the time. I mean, BYU's been exposed since then, but I mean, they came out and just crushed them at home, and we saw mm-hmm. really how hard it is to play against this Ducks team, you know, in Eugene. So I agree with that. Yeah, it's just it's, you know something about playing up at Autzen for Oregon. It's really special for them. You know, they're on that crazy win streak at home. You know, I think it does continue, and you know, it sets up a really interesting matchup with Utah a week later for Oregon. Yeah, that that's crazy. Hopefully they don't, you know, overlook this Washington team because I think that, you know, Michael Penix Jr. could cause some problems for them. But, you know, 
Oregon 13 and a half point favorite at home. I agree. I, I do think that they get the win. And, uh, you know, across the nation, there are other games, but I think we both picked out, you know, one team that might be on upset alert each. So I think, I, I think you're going to start us off with that. Yeah. So the team that I have on upset alert this week is the Kansas State Wildcats, you know, going to Baylor on the road. Uh, Baylor kind of crazy season for them yeah you know, so up and down I think they're starting to kind of put it together a little bit though um and I think the important thing for Baylor is they're technically still in um in play for the big 12 big championship 12, yeah. game. so it starts with beating Kansas State this weekend they have to win to you know kind of knock them out of the race and then you know, in two weeks' time, they got that huge game against Texas. Texas, yeah. So, so they will get their chance. So a perfect weekend for Baylor is them beating Kansas State and Texas losing to number four TCU because then they have full control of that second spot in the Big 12, yeah. you know, with Texas everything coming to, to their place at the end yeah. of the season. Everything to play for. I mean, they start off a little shaky. We saw a rough loss against BYU. But, I mean, ever since then, they've been, they've been rolling for sure. Yeah, and um, I think – it's really just taken, you know, a couple games for them to put put it all together. And now I think they have put it together and are playing a little bit better. And, you know, Kansas State has a little bit of a quarterback problem, in my opinion. You know, obviously Adrian Martinez has been the starter throughout the season. But, you know, they had the, the is it Will Howard, I believe it is, mm-hmm. who played against Oklahoma State and put 48 on that team. Then Adrian Martinez comes back the next week and they lose. Wow. So, it's interesting to kind of see. I assume it'll be Martinez because he's been the starter all season, but definitely something to keep an eye out. The Big 12 is weird. I mean, Super five weird. teams that are 6-3, and three, same with the ACC. And that, you know, that kind of leads me into my team that's on upset alert. You know, top I got 15th ranked North Carolina on upset alert against the Demon Deacons. They got to travel there. You know, we got to see how Wake Forest performed against Clemson when they were at home, you know. They did go to double overtime and essentially lose, but you know I love this quarterback battle between Sam Hartman and Drake May. I think that these are the two best quarterbacks in the ACC. You know we saw some weakness from DJ. What's going on at Clemson? So I think these are the two best quarterbacks, and I think I think this is definitely going to be a great game. I I got the Demon Deacons upsetting North Carolina, who hasn't really you know gotten that marquee win so far this year so so i like i like wake forest because they've been more battle tested and uh, you know i got i got them i got them winning that yeah and we've kind of seen you know um sam hartman put together some crazy games especially being you know that one game that sticks out you know clemson at home Mm -hmm. so you know they've kind of gone through a little bit of a rough patch but you know if sam hartman can get this wake forest team back on track against north carolina i think you know it sets up for a very you know, interesting end of the season for Wake Forest. Yeah, 100%. It's kind of a bold one to pick, you know, considering what they did two weeks ago against Louisville with the, the eight turnovers. But, um, yeah, I, I think Wake Forest, they're capable of, of beating a team like this at home. All right, I think that's going to conclude things for our 21st episode. We're excited for the week 11. We're, we're trying to keep them a little bit shorter. I know that our episodes have gotten up to, like, the hour and 30 mark, but we're going to kind of, you know, simplify things emphasize you know the the biggest games of the week and uh talk about some upsets as well as you know some trending topics but yeah we, we like to you know keep them short we know we know you guys are on some busy schedules i assume but um we appreciate everyone 
tuning in. You know, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify. Drop us a follow there and also um, on our social media. And we'll, we'll see you guys on Sunday.